The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. Freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. Oh, yes, I Thank you, Rock and Solidarity, for our beautiful opening music. And welcome all to our annual Labor Day service. I am Reverend Millie Phillips, a community minister affiliated with San Francisco UU. A warm welcome to all of you here in person and online, and special thanks to our musicians, Rock and Solidarity, the San Francisco Labor Choir, directed by Pat Wynn and to Mark Sumner, our music director and pianist today, and to our song leader, Ben Rudiaka-Gold. To Jonathan Silk, our AV and sound expert, Shuli Ong on camera, Dennis Adams, our worship associate today, Joe Chapeau, who is monitoring our chat, 
and can help online participants with any problems you have getting connected today. Remigio Flood and Kelvin Jones helping us function in our building this morning. Amy Kelly for the flowers we have decorating our space today. Linda Messner for leading our usher team. And Ralph Fenn, Les James, and Tom Brookshire who will be hosting our online coffee hour. If you are with us online, I encourage you to download the order of service this morning so you can follow along. You can access it in the description of the video. It is posted in the chat, and it has been emailed to everyone who has signed up for our newsletter. Today's service is an annual tradition of our congregation to honor work and those who do it, and the contributions especially of organized labor to advancing social justice. We will begin by lighting a candle as we have each week during the pandemic in honor of all of you who are attending online, bringing your spirit into this place until such time that we might be together again. Please feel free to join in our opening hymn, number 157, Step by Step, The Longest March, the text of which is, in, is part of the Constitution of the United Mine Workers of America. The words and music are in your order of service, and all are welcome to join in, including the choir. step the longest march can be one can be one many stones can form an arch singly none singly none and by union what we will can be accomplished still drops of water turn a mill singly step the longest march can be one can be one many stones can form an arch singly none singly none and by union what we will can be accomplished still drops of water turn a mill singly Now, if you'll join me in our unison chalice lighting, which is printed in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together.
If this is your first time joining us, thanks. You can follow along in the order of service, which is also available online in the description on the video, and email to anyone who receives our newsletter, which you can get by signing up through a link to our connection form in the online order of service and video description. The order of service also lists upcoming events and links to opportunities to connect, including our Zoom coffee hour for online participants, which takes place after the service, as does our regular coffee hour in the courtyard. Please join in anything that interests you. I want to call your attention here to all of the announcements shown in the order of service, especially uh, to the good trouble table that's in the hallway that where you can write letters to help get out the vote throughout the country, and which is also available to do online as well, and there's a description of that in the order of service. I'd also like to add one more announcement that is not in the order. The United Farm Workers and the California Poor People's Campaign invite us to attend one of several 24-hour vigils tomorrow, Labor Day, in support of AB 2183, a bill that would make it easier for farm workers to vote for unionization. The San Francisco vigil will be at City Hall on Polk Street, and we are asked to attend for at least two hours. Please sign up for a time by emailing sfvigil, one word, at ufw.org. Now, please welcome Dennis again to lead us in our covenant and doxology. Our spoken covenant. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one another. Please join with me in the spirit of prayer and meditation. In the many names of that which each of us holds sacred, let us hold in our hearts all within our church community who are grieving, 
ill, in pain, or dealing with other hardships. We are sad to report this morning the death of a longtime former member, Charlie Frias, after a long and complicated illness. He was also a very active member of our men's group. We would like to extinguish a candle in memory of Charlie. Thank you, Dennis. I knew Charlie, so I choked up a bit on that one. In particular, we also send wishes for healing to our beloved Leland Jones and his family as he recovers from a serious illness. Let us also hold in our hearts all who are suffering the myriad injustices of our times, from the ongoing climate crisis to the crisis caused by the Supreme Court in overturning Roe versus Wade, for disasters such as wildfires and droughts in the western U.S. or massive floods in other regions, from never-ending gun violence and police brutality to being forced into homelessness by unprecedented housing costs or landlord harassment, from immigrant detainees on strike for refusing to work for one dollar a day to the denial of mental health care at Kaiser, from the war in Ukraine to the latest atrocities against the Palestinians and other marginalized people throughout the world, to name only a few. In the face of injustice, may we stay focused on what could be, growing our power and solidarity, resisting despair and denial. May we find the humility and patience to see ourselves not as saviors, but as workers, each with necessary tasks and worthy of self-care. May we be kind and generous to all who work beside us. May we find solace and even joy with those we love in art and music and worshiping together. May we live conscious of the ultimate value of each sacred moment of life. Amen. Please join me now for a minute of silent contemplation. Thank you so much. And now let us enjoy some more inspiring music.
Thank you so much for singing that beautiful song, which is my very favorite. And now let us welcome Dennis to give today's reflection. I'll be quite honest. I don't have much experience with labor unions. My job usually involved my clown character, Poindexter, and theater arts. No clown unions to speak of. Oh, plenty of groups and organizations, but alas, no clown union. And of course, the circus, perhaps fittingly as we knew it, has passed away. At least there's other modern troops who don't use and abuse animals. Perhaps the closest I ever came to working in a fair and equitable theatrical environment came when I was only 16 and run away from home to New York City. Some of the cast of Broadway's Jesus Christ Superstar had a sort of sideshow at the St. Clement's Church Theater, a midnight fantasy musical called The King's Crown for adults, if accompanied by children. I and my best friend repaired their lighting board and I was offered the position of head lighting dude. The gate or box office was split evenly 16 ways. I thought this was really fair and equitable and I quietly celebrated my arrival off, off, off Broadway. That these professional actors were doing art for art's sake made a huge impression on me. I was smitten by the theater and, of course, clowning around. In spite of shared lodging and taking a job at a small grocery store just to survive, I felt that New York City was my oyster. Had I stuck with my New York plans, I may have eventually joined the Actors' Equity Union, or perhaps IATSE, the Stagehands Union, but instead I returned home to my parents and studied for and got my GED. 
My father, a college botany professor at Penn State, sometimes complained of the lack of a professor's union. University politics were extremely complex, and there was little solidarity amongst the staff. I personally saw my father's career get hijacked by Penn State after he and 11 other professors came out vocally against proposed underground nuclear testing using abandoned Pennsylvania coal mines. They were successful in shutting down this foolhardy proposal, but 11 of 12 professors there lost their jobs, including my father. As I see it, if there had been a clown's union, my Poindexter character would have been first in line. But alas, I was often the only bozo on the bus, so independent. Still amongst fellow street performers and artists in general, there is a respectful camaraderie which echoes the best intentions of the union spirit. Thank you, Dennis, for that insight into your life and your families and your role in work. Our offering today goes to support the work and ministries of the East Bay Alliance for a Sustainable Economy, eBase. eBase convenes coalitions of community, labor, and faith organizations to fight for economic and racial justice. Please see the instructions in the order of service if you would like to donate online or to write a check. And thanks for your generosity. And I must add, full disclosure, I work for the Faith Alliance for a Moral Economy, an initiative of eBase, and I can vouch for the work we do supporting housing justice, strikes and organizing drives, jobs for the formerly incarcerated, and community benefits to serve low-income and BIPOC residents in local development projects. We stand for action. Oh. 
Thank you so much to the Rocking Solidarity Chorus. That was great. This is a poem called 37, 37, El Mundo, by Esteban Rodriguez. Even in dreams, your father is working, and in the version you've been having for weeks, he lifts a large replica of the world, places it on his back, and because his body here defies logic and physics, carries it up a hill, which after you wake up, you know is a metaphor for 12-hour shifts, for pounding nails into wood, for sliding steel slots into steel slots again and again, and for the days when his back is shaped into a crooked punctuation, and his feet, making the floor into a hieroglyph, have lost more of their purpose, becoming quiet when he gets home, so that all you see of him is not comparisons to language, but two swollen limbs, a body reclined on a lazy boy, a father relieved to call this silence his own. stand for struggle. We united, we stand, divided, we fall. For every dime they give us, a battle must be fought. So working people, use your power, the key to liberty. Don't support that rich man's style of luxury. Thank you indeed. May they never keep us down. We can bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old. This is a line from the great labor anthem, Solidarity Forever. I fully agree that the only chance for human survival and that of many other species with whom we share this earth is to create a new social order, now literally from the ashes of the old. But after selecting the title and theme of this sermon, I began to have some misgivings about the analogy to birthing. I'm not changing the theme. 
But I must own my own choices and acknowledge some deficiencies. Yes, conception, pregnancy, birth, and child rearing, with all their perils and miracles, with all their sorrows and joys, are the natural process by which humans are created and nurtured into adulthood, whether we like it or not. An analogous birthing process is necessary to create a new society not based on the greed, denial, and cruelty of capitalism. And our efforts to bypass the difficulty it will take for this social rebirth to take place means we have yet to commit fully to the necessity of it. Yet especially in light of the reversal of Roe v. Wade, it is not my intent to advocate, glorify, or sanctify participation in birth forced or voluntary, to exclude those who are not physically capable of it, to criticize those who, for many good reasons, choose not to participate, or to support sacrifices from those who can that are not extended to others. Like almost all language choices, the theme reflects my personal experience. I am the biological mother of two children, who were conceived voluntarily, not necessarily fully planned, but still definitely wanted. I was lucky enough to have easy, healthy pregnancies. I actually enjoyed being pregnant. Though the birth of my second child, whose 29th birthday is today, happy birthday, Daniel Rife, <laughs> it did require medical intervention. That could have cost both our lives had it not been available. Raising them sure wasn't easy. But my only lasting regrets are for my own mistakes as a parent. My children and grandchildren are a daily reminder that I have already given birth to a new world out of the ashes of the one I grew up in. Indeed, having children was, for me, a leap of faith that life is worth living and a positive future is possible. However, I should add that under different circumstances, I chose abortion and feel a very strong need to say that openly and publicly in solidarity with all who have had or are seeking abortion. And in memory of my mother, who had hidden an illegal abortion so well that I only found out about it after her death. So, please take lightly the pun underlying the theme. In our own lives, we have our private joys and sorrows. But as we look around us, we see death and despair, the human experiment threatened by climate disasters, pandemics, wars, extreme wealth inequality, forced migration, shortages of needed goods and services, and fatally inequitable treatment 
based on identities that would inspire no negative impact in a just world. Many of us fear we are past the point of no return, but every person who organizes has taken a leap of faith in possibility, not unlike that of willing parents. But assuming we have such faith, how do we birth a new world out of the ashes of the old? Like all wanted births, it must start with desire, content, and uh, consent, excuse me, and ability. We cannot partner with those who are not willing. Luckily, an increasing number of people agree a new world is necessary and even possible. A new and fertile generation of activists is stepping forward, mostly young, but not always, eager to give birth to a new world and defying those who say they can't. Conception is not enough, though. Birth requires gestation. We are pregnant with a new world, with all the perils that implies. Thus, we must keep building power through to that final push of labor, and then to guide us as new parents to keep breaking with the abuses of the old world that raised us. The young have the most obvious stake in birthing this new world, but we who are more likely to die before the existing order completely crashes and burns also have a stake, that of leaving a legacy for our children and grandchildren different than the ones we inherited. Right now, I see our society as divided into three basic groups. A very tiny minority that has virtually free reign to make decisions for all of us. A fairly large minority that agrees with the worst of these decisions, but receives almost no practical benefit from them. And a majority who wants better healthier decisions. What should we, the majority, do? We can vote, and we should, but usually for candidates whose views, commitment, or abilities fall short of our needs and desires. We can demonstrate, and we should, but too often our complaints go unseen and unheard. We can post on social media if you want, and that may help organizing to an extent, but virtual protest has little impact on governments and corporations, is easily used against us, and frequently devolves into internal battles fueled by frustrated self-righteousness and by people paid to stir up disputes to divide us. We can change our own personal lifestyle choices, and that may be a good thing. But without concerted action, it can be largely performative virtue signaling, rightfully resented by those who have fewer options. Maybe we could leave, 
But where is there to hide? Our problems are global. I'm not entirely opposed to these actions. Some I recommend, and I do many of them myself. They may help a little and buy us more time, but they also can divert us from dealing with the root problem. Living in a system designed to give us the illusion of power at best, and not even that for most people. Support for unions in our country has increased dramatically in the past few years to 71% in a Gallup poll, a high not seen since the 1950s. Even though a lot of the labor movement has been, well, may I say uh, post-menopausal for quite a long time, Given that, why are so many people becoming enthusiastic about unions? Organizing at Amazon, at Starbucks, at big box retail chains, at tech firms, rebuilding union militancy in schools and hospitals. Because what is lacking for those who want humanity to survive into a world grounded in compassion and cooperation is, in a single word, power. As individuals, we are right to feel powerless. We can gain power only if we combine forces with others. Building power through leveraging our labor is what unions were created to do. We only have one real source of power. We are the majority and everything comes to a screaming halt without us. The pandemic has helped more of us recognize that a lot of work is truly essential to the well-being of all and ought to be honored with high compensation, respect, and gratitude. While much is unnecessary, meaningless, or harmful, and serves only corporate profit. And if we can get by without doing it, so much the better. Labor organizes based on the one power most of us have, but none of us have alone. The ability to confront injustice by withholding our labor or by using it only for our own collective good. As our initial song said, when in union what we will can be accomplished still, drops of water turn a mill, singly none, singly none. Continuing to use today's birth analogy, unfortunately I saw many miscarriages and stillbirths, a good deal of infant and maternal mortality, and not much evidence throughout my many years serving the labor movement directly that my work could eventually contribute to birthing the new world I so desire. People do regularly rise up and fight for this new world, as many are doing now. But victories without transformational shifts seldom last for long. Our opponents have used their power far more effectively than we have used ours. However, 
we are now at an existential turning point. Thus, the evidence of union revival and support is extremely encouraging. Yes, the birthing process is always messy and painful, and a positive outcome is never guaranteed. But without it, a new world cannot be born. To continue acquiescing to death without risking birth is to give up on the human experiment altogether. As Unitarian Universalists, do we place our faith in the power of the people? If not, then in what else? And maybe why bother? I continue to celebrate and build the power of organized labor because this is my faith, that by bringing otherwise diverse groups of people together, by building our own organizations and political vehicles not beholden to capital, to using the collective power of our work against our common enemies and for our common benefit, that we will birth a new world from the ashes of the old. May it be so, and happy Labor Day. Thank you. And now let's join together in singing hymn 1074 in your teal hymnal, Turn the World Around. The words and music are also in your order of service. From the fire, living in the fire, go back to the fire, turn the world around. We come from the water, living in the water, go back to the water, turn the world around. We come from the mountain, living on the mountain, go back to the mountain, turn the world around. Heart is of the river, body is 
is the mountain, spirit is the sunlight, turn the world around. We are of the spirit, truly of the spirit, only can the spirit turn the world around. Thank you, Ben, for leading that joyful song. Each in our own ways, we are all doing the work of the world, tending to others in the hospital or the home, delivering mail, growing food, ringing up groceries, teaching children, fighting fires, troubleshooting tech problems, attempting to resolve disputes, fairly and justly, clowning like Dennis does, playing music, making visual art, building, cooking, cleaning, repairing, writing, speaking, reporting. Our superpower is that nothing gets done without us. Let us go forth, inspired to use this power to birth a new world. Amen. And now, thanks to Rock and Solidarity for our closing music. We stand for solidarity. We would like to remember Larry Orloff, who's just passed away. So we're going to sing in his memory, and we hope that you will enjoy it. Sing a song, we invite you to sing free. You're welcome to the chorus, whomever you may be. C-H-O-R-U-S, all genders proud and free. Sing both sad and happy tunes, and some with serious themes. 